Welcome to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. This show is designed for moms who invest everything into parenting, but get overwhelmed, lost, and resentful. Listen and learn how to unburden yourself, feel calm, full of energy, and in control. I'm your host, master certified life coach, teacher, and recovering supermom, Tori Henderson. You are listening to the Supermom is Getting Tired podcast. I'm your host, Tori Henderson, and I am here today with a special guest, Okwavi. Can you please pronounce your last name for me? Akbe, Akbe. <laughs> so say your whole name together. Kwavi Akbe, but I actually go by Kwavi. Yeah, Kwavi is very easy to spell. It's I go by Kwavi. K-W-A-V-I. So right. it's, it sounds like it spells. And Kwavi is a weight loss coach and also a retreat creator that helps successful women manage their health, mindset, and waistlines so that they can shine and thrive. She has uh, something called the Simply Vibrant Life. It's an empowering, educational, fun, luxury retreat, which has been hosted in Thailand, Morocco, and Bali. So if you guys want to dream about your next upcoming retreat once the shelter in place is over, right. where can they go to learn more? Because I need to like do a little like <laughs> virtual travel. <laughs> well, they can go to kwavi.com, K-W-A-V-I.com, and there's a tab for retreat. For retreats. I think that sounds like a fun little mental vacation to, yes. to check it out. So the foundation of her work as a certified weight coach is the belief that there has to be a deep love for oneself, an intimate and positive relationship that has to be cultivated. So today we're going to be talking about weight loss during shelter in place. Yes. Wahabi is a wife, a mother to two teenage boys. She's a blogger with the Huffington Post and Thriven has been featured on CBS, NBC, Best Self Magazine, and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. So you're out on Atlanta. Yes. So your shelter in place has been lifted a little bit? It has been. But the strangest thing is a lot of, because I know people who own businesses and most of them are not even open yet because they feel that, because they put a lot of stipulations in order for you to be open up. And it's difficult just making, you know, freaking all of that out and making sure you have all those guidelines. Mm, yeah. So a lot of people are like, they're going to hold up until May. And they're probably worried about getting sick too. Of course. And then worried about their employees getting sick and getting, making other people sick. Like, no. So they're kind of playing it safe. Yeah. So even though, you know, kind of officially restrictions have been lifted unofficially people are still hunkered down oh, for sure oh yeah definitely yeah. all right mm -hmm. and so we I thought it would be helpful to talk about stress eating emotional eating during this time for moms because from my well personal experience but as well as just working with clients like I know that a lot of moms we've got little kids around the house all the time and there's not a, during, especially during this coronavirus, there's not a lot of ways we can treat ourselves and reward ourselves for the hard work. You know, it's, it's kind of just hard work, just being in the house all day with the kids. It's not like we can go get a massage or go out with our girlfriends to have a glass of wine or anything like this. The way in which moms like to reward themselves often is at the end of the day <laughs> with eating foods that don't necessarily give them the results that they want when it comes to the number on the scale or their waistline or whatever. Sometimes it's over drinking or overeating or just 
using food in a different manner other than to feed hunger. Right. Yeah. Yes. Now, one of the main things I first of all talk about is most times, like it could be at the end of the day where you just feel, oh my goodness, I'm just so tired. And then you just go for the food and you know instinctively you're not hungry, but you're just using that as a coping mechanism for either you're just tired or you feel like you want to reward yourself or you're bored or you're lonely. It could be a number of different things. And my goal with all my clients, and I'm extending this to your listeners, is to kind of pause for a minute and find out what is really going on. Because most times when we eat, when it isn't hunger, and for most of us, we kind of know what hunger is. Some people, it's, sometimes it can be kind of blurry if you've ignored it for so long, but for the most part, you know what hunger is. So you, if you're eating when it's not hunger, it's important to find out what it really is. Because there's a reason for that, whether it's restlessness or, you know, that feeling of, oh, I have to get something. And you now grab the food to kind of replace that. But the bottom line is the underlying reason is still there. And I like to ask my clients, I tell them like, you know, cause you get that urge, like I have to have this now. And it's overwhelming. Like you have to eat whatever it is right now. Well, we know we don't have to, but that's how it feels. And I always tell my clients, pause for, pause for five minutes. Just pause and see what comes up. And I tell them not to judge themselves. But important to say, oh, well, no, just be very compassionate with yourself and just see and feel what comes up. Because there's always a reason why you're eating when it's other than hunger. There's a reason behind it. And, um, and that's kind of where I go. And I, I tell my clients to, to kind of figure out, like, if it's, not, if it's not physical hunger, it could be because they are used to mindlessly eating where you're just, maybe like you're watching a basketball game or a movie and all of a sudden you're eating and the bag of chips finishes and you're like, um, how did that finish? <laughs> right. That was you because there's no one else. And you're like, oh my goodness, I just finished that. And that's just a way you're disconnected from yourself. So I want people to be more conscious. Like that's one of the ways that you can kind of just like zone out. And sometimes when you eat in the evenings, that's what you're doing. You just want to zone out and just disconnect from yourself. Right, to disconnect. And I know notice for me, uh, pretty much any time I'm in this urgent state, it's a emotion I'm resisting. I'm trying not to feel a feeling. So even if it seems legit, like I'm going to be late, I'm going to be late. Come on, hurry up. We got to go. The feeling I'm, you know, I say like, oh, I don't want to be late, but really it's because if I'm late, I'm going to say mean things to myself about that and tell myself what a terrible person I am and how disrespectful I am for being late. So it is still this emotion I'm running away from of my own fear from my own self beratement. <laughs> so anytime I feel a sense of urgency, so for, but for food, for sure, like when you're like, oh my gosh, just where I need to eat something quickly, like that's always a sign that it's an emotion. Yeah, it's always a sign of an emotion. And I, what I try to share with my clients is I try to explain to them to get into the habit of knowing when they're really hungry. I think that is key. And for a lot of people, they don't, it's, sometimes it's hard. Like I have a client now that I'm working with, she doesn't know when she's hungry. 
So being able to sit with yourself long enough to know when you're hungry and only eat when you feel physically hungry. It is hard, but I'm telling you, it's the best thing ever because this translates to so many different things. Because if you're finding something to fill a void, if you take out the food, you, you might jump to something else if you don't figure out what it really is. It could be over drinking, it could be overworking, it could be, it could be a number of different things. The bottom line is to kind of sit and allow that emotion, embrace that emotion. Don't resist it because when you resist it, that's when you feel that kind of friction. You need to kind of sit and allow the emotion. And it's it's hard, it's difficult, but it will come up. And and I I tell my clients, because sometimes they'll say, oh, I don't know why I did that. And I'm like, you might think you don't, but there is a reason. And I always tell them, okay, so, all right, let's just, for gigs, you know, for giggles, just if you did know, what would it be? And then they start, because you have to get the brain thinking. Seriously, your brain is wired for a certain way. And if you've done things in a certain way, your brain's always going to go in that direction. So you have to kind of move it away, especially if you know you don't want to keep overeating. If that's your goal, then you have to do the work to retrain your brain. It's simple, but not, I mean, it's a simple task. It's not, it's not easy, but it's simple. You have to retrain your brain. That's right. what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what would you say if someone's saying like, well, I know what I'm feeling. I'm feeling tired, mm-hmm. but well, this is, I remember when my kids were little, like the end of the day, this would mean I was exhausted and I was so happy. Like I made it to bedtime, like <laughs> the final hurdle and it's finally my time. And I learned that if I did, if I, anything other than eat and watch TV, I would fall asleep. I didn't want, I won't see now as I'm saying that, I know that's not true. But <laughs> I was telling myself at the time. Right. Because obviously like I exercise, I wouldn't be falling asleep. But like if I read a book, if I relaxed in some other way, I would fall asleep. And I didn't want to fall asleep because I didn't want to miss my only alone time. You know, like this is my time. I get to do what I want to do without witnesses. <laughs> <laughs> And so I savored it so much, but I, so I was tired and I wanted to reward myself for a hard day. And, but I would often reward myself with M&Ms or wine or eating too many cookies or whatever. And it didn't feel like a, it didn't end up feeling like a reward. Like at the time it did is like, yes, this is my time. I can eat what I want to eat. But then afterwards it was like, ugh. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. And I think also too, the, the, just the term that you use reward, you don't want to reward yourself with food. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, you, you've, you've, had a, you've worked hard, you know, reward yourself. Just give yourself your props. You worked hard. You're great. You're good. Oh, see, that's so funny because that, I wish we had talked 10 years ago because it never dawned on me to reward myself with verbal affirmations because I had so many in my head. It was all like, you're not doing enough. You should be doing more. You're not good. Your house is a mess. And so of course, then the contrast to that would be like to say nice things to myself, like, Hey, good mommying today. Yeah. Never. Mommying is tough. (laughs) Mommying is hard work. So at the end of the day, you're a super mommer at the end of the day. You, I mean, you went through that whole day and survived it. The kids are still alive? Like you didn't kill them? 
Thank you. I mean, and it doesn't have, and I, and I think also too, we have to be compassionate where we're not. We just this, have this high bar for motherhood. I'm like, seriously, who really aspires? I mean, who's really getting all that? Uh, you know, it's, it's exhausting trying to achieve it. Oh, it's exhausting. I'm like, I'm like, forget that. Just, you kids, do, do they eat? Do they eat? They have a roof over their head? They're, you know, they're not dying? You're good, for real. You, no, I mean this to the women listening. Really, you're good. And I think when you ha- when your kids get older, you begin to realize it. all those things that we do sometimes are really not the key. Are you, are you giving them love? You're giving them the attention they need? You're good. And in these times with, you know, I know, you know, you have to do the work, you know, the school work, so you're, you're part teacher, you know, you're part cook, part, and then you have your own work to do. And if you're a teacher, you're teaching other people's kids as well as teaching your own kids. I mean, so many different dynamics. It's okay. You won't be able to do everything and it's okay. I like to put, sometimes we have these thoughts in our head and I, I like to tell my client, all your thoughts are not always true. And the easy way to do that is if something comes up in your head that you know, okay, it's like it plays over and over and you're not sure how to get rid of it. And it's hard to kind of switch to the complete opposite. Just add, okay, it's okay at the end. Like, all right, um, you're not going to be able to do that. You're not, you're not going to be able to do that. It says it in your head and you can put, and that's okay. Because it kind of is a soft rebuttal but it doesn't make you feel like, oh my goodness, I didn't do it. You know, it's okay. Yeah, it's- like I wasn't a perfect mom today and that's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't Seriously. do everything right and that's okay. I yelled at my kids and that's okay. Yeah, it's like this t-shirt I have on, it says I am enough. You can't see all the bottom of it. You can't see it, but it's like, I, I can't do everything. And I know in the beginning as, you know, first time mom, and you know, you try to do all these different things. But I realized no matter how much I tried, it was never going to be perfect, you know? So I'm like, okay, I'll do the best I can. And just at the end of the day, I'm just going to be grateful that I was able to do this and move on. Yeah. And for my listeners, right, we're all super moms. This is kind of what we do. We like this perfection and then it's failure. And there's only two options and there's nothing in between. And so I remember finding... So when I was first hired my coach of like finding such peace with the thought of I'm an adequate mother. Yes. Like instead of feeling like, cause I was so used to think I'm not doing enough. I'm not good enough. I should be better. My kids should be better. And I was like, wait a second. I'm adequate. I'm, like, I'm super adequate mom. This is my, but my cape is going to say, and it just felt so much better to be like, yeah, I'm striving for adequacy and that's yes. okay. And that's okay. Yeah. Well, speaking of super moms who like to beat themselves up for not doing enough, I'm going to read a question for you, Kwame. So this super mom says, I am doing boot camp, running and hit exercises, which high intensity, something, something, right? On my treadmill, exercising way more than I did when I was teaching first grade full time, but I am still gaining weight. I eat healthy, but when I try to follow what others are doing to lose weight and focusing too much on food, I am eating more. So I asked her what you started this interview with, which is when you eat and you aren't hungry, can you identify the emotion you're trying not to feel? <laughs> and so she 
couldn't figure out what she was trying not to feel, but she did identify that she was feeling very anxious, nervous. But listen to this. This I love this because this is what I keep telling my clients. Like my moms are like, oh my God, the teachers are sending home all these links and all this homework. And I just, I'm not, I can't keep up and it's too much work. I said, they are doing it because for themselves because they're worried about not doing enough as the teacher and not giving you enough. So sure enough, she says, I think I am, I think to myself, am I doing enough as a teacher? Wait, I should be doing more videos. I should be teaching online, et cetera. Are my own kids doing their work? I need to check in with my elderly grandparents. Oh, I feel so heavy. She says, I'm basically feeling stressed. Yes. That's the outside emotion. And so it's the stress, the anxiety, the nervousness. I'm not doing, can you hear it? I'm not doing enough exercise. I'm not doing enough healthy eating. I'm not doing enough for my elderly grandparents. I'm not doing enough as a teacher. There's a theme there. Yes. It's like she's stacking up the negative thoughts one after another. It's like, it's never ending. And it's, but it's all the same. It's all like, I'm not doing enough. My kids aren't doing enough. Yeah. That, so the emotion that she's trying to run away from is like an inadequacy. Yeah. I think for her, and there's, there's some bouts of anxiety there also. So anxiety is running the show, it sounds like, which is so normal right now. Like who isn't feeling anxious? Like our whole globe, there's like a worldwide collective anxiety that's very easy to pick up on. And so what would you say to this stressed out super mom? So the first thing I'd like to know is, I know she said she isn't losing weight. My question to her is, is she eating when she's not hungry? I really possibly believe she probably is. Because from what she said, if there's a lot of anxiety, which leads to inadequacy, in those moments when she feels that way, is she going to, you know, does she have cravings and goes to grab something to kind of soothe the way she feels? Well, and anxiety disconnects you from your body. Of course. It goes way up into the head and starts spinning around in circles. And that's where, like I heard, she's looking to outside experts, like, what are you eating? What are you eating? And it's not about that, though. Rather than paying attention to it. Yeah. And it's really, I I tell my clients that all the time. I'm like, when it comes to losing weight and maintaining, it's not about what the other person is eating. Our bodies have their own wisdom. They let us know when we're hungry and when we're full. And I sometimes joke with my clients. I'm like, I can teach someone how to lose weight eating the most unhealthiest food on the planet. They will lose the weight but they won't necessarily be healthy. And I say that because it's not about the food. It's not about the particular food. It's about eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. And whatever food you're eating, you can do it. So it's not really, you could do all this and the exercise is all well and good, but it's really about what you're fueling your body with. Like, is she really, I mean, if you just eat only when you're hungry, and stop right just before you feel. So in other words, if you eat and you can probably do jumping jacks, sorry, I tell my clients, if you can eat and could do jumping jacks, then you've had enough. You haven't eaten too much. And you only eat at those times, whether it's two, three times, no snacking, please, because snacking most times is more of a thing to occupy yourself. It's more entertainment. Snacking, I say, I, I normally classify snacks as entertainment. No snacking, just eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full. If you do that, I bet you, you lose weight because you know what will happen? You will now be forced to sit with your emotions. Right. <laughs> the dreaded emotions. And it's, it's, 
uncomfortable, but you can do it. And that's all I'll say. It's uncomfortable. It's like uncomfortable because you don't know what's going to come up. But it's well worth it because if you can handle that, it spills into other areas of your life. Right. Well, and it's only uncomfortable in the beginning as you get yes, you're good is. at it and you're used to it. Then you're like, oh, hello, anger. Oh, hello, jealousy. Come oh, hello, in, sadness. Let's talk, in. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly. you. You're an old friend. Yeah. And what I was thinking of when she wrote this, I'm focusing too much on food. Mm-hmm. And so when she focuses on food, she's actually eating more. I'm sure she is. Of course. And it made me think of that. What you focus on expands, you know? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's the same thing with our brains. You focus, whatever you focus your brain on is what you're going to do. Yeah. Right. So if she's thinking about food, what should I eat? How much should I eat? When should I eat? Then you're, the focus of is on the food. And she's, it's, again, it's kind of, she's up in her head rather than connected with the body. Yeah. And the other thing too, is when you do that, you're giving way too much power to food. If you're so focused on food, you're giving so much of your power to food. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. And all of this just really trying to avoid what this emotion, the fear, the inadequacy of not doing enough. Yeah. And I know it's kind of hard in these times because there's so much going on. You know, we don't even know when all this is going to end. No one really knows. So you really have that uncertainty looming and that, can provide its own level of anxiety and spin into other things also. Oh yeah. Uncertainty. And it's, and it's all around us now, isn't it? Right. Yes. But I think there's, there's comfort in knowing that everyone is going through it. It's not just you. So you haven't been singled out, you know? So I think that's, I don't know. I just take comfort in knowing that. We're all learning to become leaves blowing in the wind. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yes. So what would you suggest for someone who says like, okay, I'm feeling anxious and I'm focusing on food as my words, a way to avoid feeling a feeling. What would you say is like, how do I get out of that cycle and that habit? Okay. Well, the first thing is you have to plan ahead. Plan, first of all, plan your meals. Just know, okay, I'm going to eat at this time and that time, whatever those times are and stick with that plan. It's difficult, but I always tell moms, especially moms, I'm like, you guys do hard things. Show up for yourself. Most times we don't show up for ourselves. Show up for, just honor this commitment that you make to yourself. I'm going to eat at this time, I'm going to eat at this time, and that's it. Don't try and like, oh, but no, no. Just honor that commitment to yourself and stick with it and see what happens. I normally tell my mom and ladies that I work with, let's do this for seven days. We're not going to try and do this over. Let's do it for seven days. Plan a schedule of what you're going to eat and what you're going to do, and let's do it. And I tell them, like, just think about this, that something you're doing for your kids. Because I know if your kids have soccer practice or volleyball practice or whatever it is, you still Or diabetes or gluten-free, sugar-free, like you'd figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. Just stick. Stick with those times and see what happens. And be super conscious about being in tune with yourself. Like, those hunger signals will come up. And you might even be tempted when you're eating to like, oh, this thing tastes so good. Let me have more. Don't go there. Just eat just enough and let it go. Be comfortable with feeling uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable feeling, but be comfortable with that. Get comfortable with that. So let me just, earlier you said something, and I think what you're saying, correct me if I'm wrong, that you know you're 
the, the time to stop, like the fullness, the point of fullness to stop eating at is if you can still go do 10 jumping jacks. Yes. Is that what I heard you yes. say? Okay. Yes. If you can get up and do 10 jumping jacks, I'm like, okay, you're good. You haven't eaten too much. I kind of use it as a game. So beyond, you feel like, oh my God, I can't move. I can barely get out of this you chair. Too much. Too much. Okay. So I just want to yeah. come through that. Yeah. And the thing is, our bodies are designed where whenever you have too much, guess what it's going to, it's going to convert it to fat. It's just our bodies don't need it. So it's going to push it somewhere else. And that's not the goal. Right. You need it for energy. Yeah. And so if it actually does the opposite effect of draining. Exactly. It's like, oh goodness, why'd you give me more than I need? It's like overflow. Like, okay, I don't need this. And the advantage of planning ahead, this is something that, you know, I do obviously with my mom, mommies too, is that you're coming from a different part of your brain. You're in this like higher thinking frontal lobes, the part that can plan and be strategic. If you just wait until like, you know, it's the witching hour and the kids are yelling and they're screaming and you're trying to cook dinner and the house is a mess and you have no game plan then that's when you're going to be reactive and you're going to say something you don't want to say or parent in a way you don't feel good about. And that's when you're also going to eat things that you don't want to eat. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. That's, I always tell them the planning. Oh my goodness. And I think a lot of people don't realize the power of planning, especially when it comes to meals and food and just your nutrition plays a big role. Like you said, you're using a prefrontal cortex, different part of the brain where you, it just, you plan in that area. It's, that's your higher learning. You know, you don't want to be in the primitive brain where it's like you're impulsive, like, okay, I'll do this, I'll do that. No, you don't want to go there. Um, so if you can plan that, and our brain loves, just loves accomplishment. You do that for seven days and it loves it. All of a sudden, the brain's like, okay, we're going back to that schedule. It wants to stay with that schedule. In the beginning, it's going to be difficult because your brain's already programmed to do, whether it's eat M&Ms at eight o'clock or whatever it is, but then you're going to switch that too. I really don't need the M&Ms. I don't need to avoid the feeling. I'm going to sit with the feeling and let's go. Well, yeah, because I remember when I was teaching, like I always made a healthy lunch for myself the next day, whether that was the morning of or the night before, I'm bringing my salads. And then when I stopped teaching, it'd be noon. I'd be like opening the fridge. What am I hungry for? (laughs) I never picked the salad. Like it was like definitely the prefrontal cortex made better food choices for myself. Is it? Oh yeah. Come on now. It's it's like when we go to the grocery store, I always tease my clients. I'm like, when you go to the grocery store and you're right in line, you already have your cart with your food and right beside you, what do they have? Um, all these kind of different types of candy and everything. Yeah, That's your impulsive brain. You have your list, your list with your prefrontal cortex. This on this side, that's your primitive brain saying, have this, have this, have that. Right. And <laughs> when we listen to that primitive brain, it does not usually give us the results that we want. In that no. Life. Not to say it's like, you know, like for me I, the other day, I was like, oh, I, was, I just want to rest. I'm tired. Like, I don't feel like working. Well, not to say that's never true that like, I don't need rest. You just want to like plan ahead for rest. Like, okay, tomorrow at five o'clock, I'm going to take an hour off and read my book and chill out. And that, and, and you know, the thing, when you do that, it's a very different experience when you do that, because it's kind of like what I tell my clients sometimes plan for, I tell them to plan their joy food and joy food is types of food that you eat for pure joy. There's, you know, just, you just enjoy the taste of it. And 
I tell them, do that, but plan for it. I tell them, I do joy food. For me, my joy food is like, I get coffee, ice cream, the little tagging dads, that's my joy food, but I plan for it. It's very different when you plan to eat something and when you just kind of just go with the flow. Very different. Yeah, it's totally different parts of your brain. Uh, yeah, and you want to just make sure you're coming from that because nobody plans to like yell at their children. No. <laughs> you're like, tomorrow at six o'clock, I will start yelling. <laughs> if they don't listen to me, I will put them in their rooms and time out. Like that's always that reactive, primitive brain that doesn't usually give us, you know, that pairing. So really that's what life coaching is, is learning how to manage the mind. That's why it's so powerful. It's, it, it's all it is, managing your mind. That's all it is. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So what would you suggest for our friend who thinks that she's not doing enough and she is eating out of this stress and anxiety? Do you have any, well, actually, let's do this. Let's do a quick super mom kryptonite for the day and then a super mom power boost. So super mom kryptonite is that secret energy drain that you might not know is making you tired. What would you say to our super moms? Okay, I would say... And I'll, for me, the example I have in my brain right now is I have to do all of this. I have so many things to do. I have to do all of this. And for that, I would say the thought is that thought is not entirely true. You don't have to do all of this. And you don't have to do it all right now. You don't. You know, I should, I should. You don't have to. You really I, don't. Yeah, I and have to do yes, all this. Is yes, it? and if you give yourself permission to realize you don't have to, it's almost free and like, oh goodness, that's a sense of relief. So for me, it would be giving themselves permission to realize they don't have to do all of it. Yeah. That's actually one of, I was just talking to my husband this morning about one of the things I would like to continue after this coronavirus stuff ends is uh, the mental calmness that I have. Because before, like I didn't realize with every I like to be very active. I like to have a variety of activities, but I didn't realize how much mental clutter all those activities were creating. So little things like, oh, volleyball tournaments, I got to get book a flight. I got to book a hotel room. I got to, you know, make sure I bring the Gatorades or whatever. And all that details and like, oh, my dad's birthday. We're going to, I got to buy a cake and get him a present and a card. And it was like, I have so much less mental clutter that I'm like, okay, I need to continue that <laughs> because with fewer activities, I, I miss the activities, but I don't miss that mind. Yes. No, I, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So what's a, a super mom power boost? Something moms can do to, to burst the, boost their energy. Something they can use to boost their energy is doing a quick download, a thought download and knowing that all their thoughts are not true. Because I think sometimes we think, oh, all these things just kind of like, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I didn't do this. I'm not a great parent. Your thoughts are not always true. Oh, not always true. Yeah. Not always are, true. Are all our thoughts not true? Like that, that might be possible. <laughs> but, <laughs> I say, like, you know, I think of like Eckhart Tolle kind of like, oh, that thoughts are just noise, you know, but. Yeah, they're just statements. They're just statements in your head. No, they're not always true. Because sometimes we can hang on to them and think, oh my goodness, no, they're not always true. Yeah. And just because you're thinking it and believing it does not make it true. Yeah. And, and I try, and I like to use this analogy. It's like, stop listening to yourself sometimes and start talking to yourself. So listening to those thoughts, 
That's fine. But you need to talk to talk to yourself the way you want. What is it that you want to believe? Uh, yeah. I like to picture it as like I have different little characters in my head. I call <laughs> it the personality puppet show. So I've got my like inner perfectionist who's always like, you weren't doing enough. You should have been done more. I have this other voice that's like uh, very wimpy and whiny. Uh. The one that says like, I'm tired. I don't want to do anything. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and then I want to like talk to them from like compassionate voice. of like, oh, hello. Uh. Yes, I hear you inner perfectionist. Oh, yes. Hello, tired child. <laughs> I got you. I got you covered tomorrow. You can rest, you know, like I try to like kind of be, use my mothering energy, you know, with all these crazy voices in my head that (laughs) some not so helpful things. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on the show. You're welcome. So tell me what, so you work with clients besides your, I know you have your retreats, but you also do one-on-one coaching still. Are you doing groups? Yes, I do one-on-one. Um, I don't do as much of that, but I also, I don't do as much of that, but I also do group. I do group. Actually, I have a group going on right now with all the issues with overeating. So I'm doing that. So I mostly do groups and I do a few one-on-ones. Yes. What's it like to work with a weight loss coach for people who've never experienced it before? The way I work is typically I I don't like to work in large groups. So I normally do like 10 to 12 women. And most of my women typically are mostly, I would say when it comes to age range, more probably close to my age, more like 20, no, not 20. They're more in there, 45 and up. Okay. We typically work with, I do like, I do a group class, a group um, call where we talk, we have like more of a coaching call and they all have homework every week where they have to do certain work. And I what go, kind of work, what kind of homework is it? So like, we'll do like, like I'll do like thought downloads. Like for a lot of them, they're not used to the concept of like a thought download. So we do a lot of those. Um, we talk about different types of food where we go into like joy food. We talk about, um, fuel eating. We talk about soul eating. We talk about, fog eating and these are the kinds of eating like whenever you eat any kind of food it's going to fall into four categories it's either going to be fuel where you're nourishing your body it could be joy food where you're just eating for pure pleasure it could be fog eating where you're mindlessly eating it's like you're eating but you're not aware or it could be storm eating where you're just eating out of your you're emotionally eating it's like you know you're not supposed to be doing it and you're eating, it's almost as if you are in a rage. I always use the example of Bridget Jones' diary, where she had all the chocolate wrappers on her bed, big box of chocolates, and she finished it all by herself. It's like, you know, it's like definitely not a good idea to have all this by yourself, but you're like, I don't care, I'm doing it. And most times after that, you either binge or feel bad. So we cover that. Another big area I cover when I work with my clients is sleep. Most people don't realize sleep has a big impact on our nutrition because it affects the hormones that affect appetite and when you're full. So that's another area that I cover. And then we talk about the hunger scale where you begin to realize when you're hungry and when you're full, when you're hungry and then when you need to stop. It's like, okay, hungry, full, stop. Being able to completely understand all of that. So those are like those main areas because I tell people it's, I, may, I, I do my best to make it simple because when it gets too complicated, it's like, 
we have too much. Well, and what I want those super moms out there to hear is that none of the things you just said is about what to eat. No, it's because not. Because all I think so many of us we have so much information. Like no what to eat is available to you in so many ways shapes or forms. Like you just get inundated with information about superfoods and you know paleo and keto and all that stuff. So I just want you everyone to like notice that she did not say it was what foods to eat. It's all understanding from your higher brain, your strategic brain, starting to pay attention to things like hunger and appetite and fullness, starting to pay attention to the emotions, you know, that are driving that, what kinds of eating, the sleep, like there's so many other things to pay attention to when we're, that weight loss coaches are, well, there's, okay, but then I'm going to, draw a line in the sand here and say there's a lot of health coaches out there that do not work with the mind right and the emotions that they will just work on diet and exercise and so how in your industry how do you differentiate between uh like how can you find it because for me i would there's no point in hiring a health coach if they're not going to work on the mind and the emotions because they're so intertwined and it's just benefits. Like you said, when you work with a life coach who understands the mind and the emotions and focuses on that, it affects every area of your life. It benefits everything. Just like parenting. Like we talk about parenting, uh, you know, and, and, and with you coach on how to talk to your kids, you know, from a place of peace and patience. But it affects your relationship with your spouse. It affects your career and your relationships with your coworkers and yourself, like your so many things. So if somebody wanted to find out if someone was a, a life coach that focused on weight loss versus a health coach that focused on food and exercise, how would you how could they differentiate? How do they know? Well, I think most times you can tell from possibly on the website from the person. Because typically, like for me, when people keep asking me, what do I eat? I tell them, I'm not going to tell you what to eat. (laughs) We're going to focus on what you're eating already and figure out why you're eating and when you're eating. I mean, to me, that's key. And the other thing I didn't mention is the planning part. Planning is huge. So those are the things. So you can easily see if you go to a website of maybe a health coach and you see so much stuff about food and what to eat. You know fully well, okay, they're focused. That's their focus. Um, and with a life coach that focuses on weight, you'll know that right away because you might not even see descriptions of food or pictures of food on their website because that's not important. It's not the key. Yeah, you know? it's everything else. Because that voice that says, like, tell me what to eat, like, that's the little child voice <laughs> that's like, solve my problem for me. Like, I don't want to deal. Life's overwhelming. This is too much. Yeah. Exactly. And as a life coach, I want you to be able to find the answers for yourself. I don't want to, because I can't keep telling you. Because So what happens when I stop working with you? You can right. keep looking for me? <laughs> Quavi, I need, no. I want to give you the tool so that you can see that you actually have the knowledge within you. You just didn't realize it. So that when other situations come up, you'd be like, oh, I know how to fix that. And it might be hard. It might be challenging, but you know what to do. You have yes. the tools. You grow up your brain. Yeah. In a way to, 
you'd be able to think right. about it in a different, more conscious exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kwame. Oh, this boy, has been awesome. I loved having you. I think it's a great topic. A lot of us are dealing with. Oh yes. It's 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 tough. But the thing is, I want people to remember that they can do it. They always have the power within them. Don't give coronavirus the power and say, oh, because <laughs> it's not the coronavirus, it's you. Yeah. Okay. It's a yeah. good excuse, isn't it? I know. It sounds so good too. And so many people believe it too, but it doesn't mean it's true. Right. Just because everybody else thinks it too. All the memes that are popping up on social media. I know. Like, like Corona, you know, 19 and no, Corona 20. No, it doesn't matter. No, it's you. You You've got the capacity. And now I think it's a great time for personal development. Oh my word. In the arena. Yes. Whatever you struggle with, if it's, you know, marriage or kids or weight loss or career or just anything clutter decluttering the house like now now is- i mean you're right now is the time this is a perfect time in the midst of all of this i mean if you think about it if you can solve your whatever issues you have during this time you'll you'll make you're golden yeah and it's not like it's just temporary like it's you, you fix it now and then it'll last you the rest of your life so. yes you sure all right well thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Want a free life coaching session? Go to lifecoachingforparents.com and schedule yours today. And thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would subscribe and share these podcasts with your friends. If you have a question you'd like me to answer on the air, go to lifecoachingforparents.com slash record my question and you can send me a voicemail recording or write me an email and I'll answer it on the air. Thanks again. Have a great day.